folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Saturday night as I'm recording this following the Denver Nuggets' domination of the San Antonio Spurs. Final score, 127-122. Really good win for this Nuggets group. No matter how you get it, I, I've said this multiple times, no matter how you get it, if you get a win, if you make it work, especially at the end of a road trip like this, it should feel good. It should feel like this is how things are supposed to go. This is how you scrap together a great record. You find ways to win in these tough spots and you win all the easy games, you win some of the hard games, and then you suddenly find yourself with 50 wins at the end of the year. This is a this is a process and this is just part of the process where all teams have to deal with this. All teams have to deal with back-to-backs, uh, injuries, absences. Denver's been hit with it a little bit harder than a lot of teams, but this is a situation where Denver has done really well in past years, and I think you could see why in situations like tonight, where Marcus Howard gets an opportunity to play, and we'll talk about him in the second segment with the bench, but he gets an opportunity, takes advantage of it, absolutely delivers for the Nuggets group. And that's all this team needs. I'm going to talk about the bench in the second segment, but what I will say, Denver goes to 9-3 and three when their bench scores at least 30 points, and they are 4-10 and 10 when the bench scores under that. That is the barometer. That is the number that I'm going to be looking at every single game because there's only so much Nikola Jokic can do, only so much the Nuggets offense, the starters offense can do. And giving them that little bit of extra cushion is more often than not going to lead to wins. So let's talk about the starters. We'll talk about the bench in the second segment. For now, let's talk about Nikola Jokic, who deserves your respect. He's not going to have any problems developing respect anymore. Like he won his MVP. He's carrying this Nuggets team right now, doing an excellent job. In a game that the Nuggets won by 15 points, he was a plus 32 in 34 minutes. Good Lord. 35 points, 17 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 5 turnovers. Got a little bit wild at times. Also had a couple of of technical fouls in this game. I thought that that was was an underlying storyline here. Got a technical foul early in this game at about the 6-minute mark. And I was concerned. I I definitely saw that, saw the way that he approached the referee. And this was kind of after the the main play happened where it drew his ire badly. And he looks pissed. He looks frustrated. He looks like he's in a a tough spot. Um, But it does seem like he really controlled himself after that. He really was able to lock it down, perform well. And at the halftime mark, I think he had about 17 points, nine assists, or nine, nine, uh, nine rebounds. I think he had zero assists, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he had like one or two. Finishes the game, 35 points, 17 rebounds, eight assists, one steal, two blocks. As I mentioned, 15 of 24, four of six from three, only took one free throw. He's doing all of this by just being efficient as hell. Just being in a situation where he's putting pressure on the rim constantly, he's dropping in that floater, 
constantly, and the jumpers are now going in, and you start to see the difference between a fully rested Joker who got to hang out in San Antonio over the past couple days. I bet he had a glass of wine or a bottle with uh, Greg Popovich at some point. And when you get to relax a little bit, and when this team, when they got to relax a little bit, first time that they haven't traveled for their next game in three weeks, when you get to rest a little bit, it feels a lot better. You see the the verve that they play with, the aggressiveness. The rebounding battle was a little bit more mixed here. 45 rebounds for the Spurs, 41 for the Nuggets. But if you look more closely at that box score, the Spurs bench just massively out-rebounded the Nuggets bench. I'm going to add it up right now just to show you guys that I'm not insane. Uh, Spurs reserves, that's 13, 22. 27, 30, 31 rebounds out of their 45. The Nuggets reserved reserves had nine. I think I said said 33 to nine. Is that what I said? Could not have been more different in terms of how Denver rebounded with the starters versus the reserves. They were completely overmatched with the Spurs second unit, but they're able to make up for it in other ways. So I'll talk about that in the second segment. But Jokic grabs 17 rebounds while he's out there. He does a much better job against Jakob Pertl, who finishes with two rebounds in 18 minutes, just was completely dominated in his time. Uh, And it just clearly seemed like Jokic was not going to lose this game. He knew they were in a good position to win, saw how the bench came out in the second quarter, and then absolutely took over the game from there. The rest of the time that Jokic was on the floor in the second and third quarter, He was just kicking ass the entire time. The Spurs could do nothing with him. He was chucking up threes. He was hitting tip passes on the roll, throwing no-look passes, uh, just manhandling people in the post, doing great job on the defensive end of the floor. Like This was a master class from Nikola Jokic on how to be the best player in the NBA, and he absolutely delivered. There's been some discussion about whether he deserves the MVP discussion or not. Lots of Nuggets fans are like, why isn't he the MVP? Lots of other like analytics folks are, why isn't he the MVP? He's been the best player by so far of a margin. And it's true. Let me be clear. It is true. I'm going to respectfully bow out of the MVP discussion here because Denver's 500. They're floundering or not floundering, they are in the mass of teams in the middle of the NBA right now. There's like 20 teams that are right in the middle. And Denver hasn't separated themselves from that. Now, they shouldn't be because they're down Murray, they're down Porter, and they're down Dozier. And you know that they're going to struggle. So right now, it's about survival. It's about getting through it. And the fact that Denver can get through it now that if they can start racking up some wins when they're in a more optimized position going forward, then you can put Jokic in the conversation. He was fourth on the straw poll done by Tim Bontemps. I think I'd have him third right now over Kevin Durant. I'd probably have Giannis over Jokic, and I'd have Steph over both of them. And that's okay. That is an okay thing to say because I don't think it matters. 
I think that anybody that is watching can see that Jokic is so far entrenched into the best player conversation because he has been so absolutely dominant that when he plays, Jokic and Denver has a chance against anybody because he is on the floor. And nobody can match up with him. Not Embiid, not Gobert, not Bam, not Towns, not Davis, not Giannis, not anybody. He's proven that over and over again. So we're just going to have to see what happens. And I am just happy that Denver came out of this road trip four and three. Let's talk about more of the starters here. Barton goes out tonight. He misses tonight's game with a non-COVID illness. Davon Reed steps in. It's not the, the most impressive stat line. I won't say like, oh man, Davon Reed, just uh, just absolutely proving that he deserves to be in the starting lineup going forward or anything like that. No, no, it's nothing like that. But he was at two points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, one of three from the field in 17 minutes. He did his job. And it's important to just classify it like that. You don't have to do anything else that's crazy. Like, just go rebound. Just go play defense. I thought that Reed did that tonight. Jokic and Gordon and Green and Morris, they had it on the offensive end. When it was another guy, when it was uh, Faku, when it was Bones, when it was Marcus Howard. Those guys had it offensively too. It wasn't necessary for Davon Reed to take a bunch of shots, so he didn't. And that's why he's going to stick in the league, in my opinion. He is a guy who fills in the gaps, knows what he has to do, and at six foot five with a good defensive frame, he's somebody who Michael Malone can go to in these spots and keep Denver's rotation consistent. This is one of the reasons why they won tonight, was because they could stick Davon Reed in there and say, okay, you've got this. You've got this particular spot. We're going to keep the rest of the rotation consistent. And it worked. The plan absolutely worked. Michael Malone deserves credit for that. Aaron Gordon was fantastic tonight once again. Numbers don't fully show it, but 16 points on 13 shots is pretty good. It was very physical in the paint once again. Four rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. He was active. He was engaged. And he was a great passer today. Like, that's one thing that stands out when watching him. The pass that he threw, the bounce pass behind the back, along the baseline against the double team to a cutting Jeff Green for a dunk, was probably his best highlight of the year. It wasn't a reverse dunk. It wasn't a three-pointer, despite the fact the Houston Rockets three-pointers. Those were really important for Aaron Gordon. But that bounce pass, he's been watching Nikola Jokic a lot, but he has this natural talent too. And I hope that Denver continues to leverage that. Use Jokic as a floor spacer at times. Let Aaron Gordon be the playmaker. Because if Jeff Green and Will Barton and Monte Morris are still willing to cut, those guys are going to get easy shots. They're going to play well. I like that version of offense as long as Gordon is still focused on going uh, to the basket. That's a very important piece of it. 
Monte Morris, also fantastic today. Uh, he was only a plus 20 because he got kind of roped into some of the bad bench play towards the end. But 19 points, four assists, three rebounds, one steal, two blocks. Two blocks for Monte Morris. Seven of 12 from the field. Four of eight from three. More great shooting from Monte Morris. He is now in a very good spot where he's just showing exactly what he can do when he gets into a comfortable spot. I really like what I've seen. He's just continually filling in where needed and proving that he's a starting caliber point guard. I think it's that simple. He is developing that chemistry with Jokic, with Gordon, with Green, all of these guys. And the way that he's playing right now, you feel pretty good about it. Despite the fact that Murray's been out, despite the fact that Barton's struggling lately, you feel good that Monte can step in and do some great things. This has been a lot of great play from Monte Morris lately. I've been happy to see it. And finally, Jeff Green. Not a lot to say about Jeff Green tonight. 24 minutes, plus 17, 8 points, 3 assists. I don't think this is a great matchup for him. Uh, he's not going to go to the like go to the block a, a bunch of times. He did draw a couple fouls, which was good. Uh, got a couple cuts, which was good. But the way that the Spurs were defending things, he just didn't get a lot of opportunities tonight. So the reason why he was still a plus 17 was because he functioned at a healthy offense and defense while Gordon, Jokic, and Morris were going to work today. That's fine. That's good enough. I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. Starters, they all perform great. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs starters, by plus minus. Doug McDermott, minus 24. Keldon Johnson, minus 26. Jakob Pertl, minus 15 in just 18 minutes. Derek White, minus 27. DeJounte Murray, minus 35. Denver outplayed the Spurs starters. That's what they needed to do, and they did it to the maximum. It was very important. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench. But first, football fans, I'm sure you all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team can score to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin of the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. It's that simple. Best thing, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With the promo code MHS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Back, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
let's talk about the bench, and specifically Marcus Howard, Bones Highland, and Faku Composo. Those guys were great today. And if you're following me on Twitter, you understand, okay, Ryan tweeted out about this lineup. He said, oh, I don't have a lot of confidence about a Faku, Marcus, Bones, Jamichael, Zeke lineup, or whatever I said. And then I get dunked on, and there's a reason for that. And Denver, they go on a run with this group, and they play pretty well. And it's an important thing with this team that sometimes they can surprise you. Sometimes they can absolutely deliver in situations where it doesn't look like they're supposed to. I thought that a lineup from the Spurs that consisted of uh, Trey Jones, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Kata Bates-Diop, Devin Eubanks, I thought that that group would, and it's actually Drew Eubanks, not Devin, I thought that that lineup would be able to demolish Denver's second unit because of how small they were, they were. and to be fair, that is what happened. Uh, as I mentioned, the 32-9, to 33-9 rebounding margin with that group, a lot of that is because Faku, Bones, Marcus Howard, they're really small. They're just a really, really small group. And that group is going to be re- out-rebounded by a lot of teams. And second chance points were a big deal, uh, but not to the degree that I think it mattered when Denver hit 23s. 23s tonight, and 11 of them came from Faku Kambazo, Marcus Howard, and Bones Highland. 10 of them them came from Marcus and Bones. Uh, Those guys were fantastic. Let's start with them. Marcus Howard hasn't played pretty much all season. Like He's had moments here or there where he steps in for an injured group. And tonight, he just decided, yeah, I'm going to let it fly. I am absolutely going to let it fly. Uh, This is a hilarious stat line. 21 minutes, 21 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 6 of 12 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. That's how he got to 21. One rebound and three fouls. And that was it. That was all he did. And it's insane to me that he was able to deliver like that, but he is that caliber of shooter that you give him 12 attempts. And more often than not, he's going to make at least four of them. And then he's probably going to make five. Tonight, he made six. And it was nice to see that Denver finally got some great production out of their bench. And as I said in the first segment, as I said yesterday, or not yesterday, the last time I podcasted, Denver's bench was going to have to be a big factor in order for Denver to win. And I reference the points stat, but more than anything, it's the attitude. More than anything, it's what that that group can bring to the starters and how they change the mentality, how they change the feel. Jokic was out there and he was demolishing in the second and third quarter, but it only happened after he saw what Marcus Howard was doing, what Bones Highland was doing, the way the Faku was passing guys open. Uh, those are connected, in my opinion. I really do think that this team, when when the bench can give the starters a lift, it just builds on itself. And to be fair, the bench was really, really bad in the second segment, in the, the third, fourth quarter. But they did enough in the first. They did enough in that first opportunity that they had, Marcus Howard, Bones Highland specifically, 
that it just didn't matter. They gave them enough cushion. They gave Jokic and everybody enough to work with for everything to be okay. I love that. I think that that is fantastic. This is exactly how Denver needed to finish things out. Uh, Talking about Bones Highland now. Actually, no. The the 1-3 that Marcus Howard hit where he was in a DHO with Jokic. Jokic dribbles the ball over to him. Marcus Howard catches it, sizes up Devin Vassell right in front of him, who's six foot six with like a seven foot wingspan, not giving him a bunch of space. Devin Vassell just like a, a normal distance away from him to guard him. And actually, it's pretty tightly contested. Marcus Howard just shoots it right over him. No hesitation. And it was awesome. The confidence that that brings to the rest of the group when it drops, it's just liquid gold. I could absolutely see the momentum shifting when the bench is partying and having a great time, watching Marcus Howard succeed the way that he was. It's a really big deal. Okay, let's go to Bones. 16 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. Did a little bit from 2, did a little bit from th- most of it from 3. Uh, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 rebound. Only 1 turnover, that was a big deal. Plus 3 tonight was one of the only bench guys that was a plus uh, cuz they went through a, a little bit of a a little bit of a low point in that fourth quarter that we'll talk about but bones was awesome and you know that he was going to take it personally that he didn't play well this last game that against the spurs on thursday he sucked i mean he was flat out bad and he looked really unconfident in himself in the group you knew that he was going to come out. He was going to come come out firing. He missed his first two shots, but when the second quarter hit, he just went into overdrive. I wonder whether it was Marcus or him who hit the first big shot because I think that really got each other going. Then when those guys, those guys could really build off of each other, it's a big deal. You like to see stuff like that. Faku Campazzo, though, I think he deserves a major assist here for being the assist guy for delivering in such a way where those guys were able to perform on a consistent basis and get the shots that they needed to. Like Bones hit two threes in a row. The first three he hit, pretty sure it was off of a kickout three, uh, but he wanted the ball on the next possession down. Faku took the ball away from him and said, no, I will get you an open shot. And then they ran a play for Bones where he came off of a screen, caught the ball in the middle of the floor wide open, and just rose and fired from there. That was a better, more efficient shot than what he would have probably created for himself. And that's a high IQ play from Faku, where he can be the facilitator, he can be the creator at times. And it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a flashy pass, which he did have several of those. Let's be clear. It was great. The one that he had in the fourth quarter, quarter over his head to Monte for a three, that was insane. But it doesn't always have to be flashy. It can be very fundamental. And Faku, that was a good fundamental high IQ basketball decision where you get the young rookie into a position that he likes, a closer shot than what he would probably generate a 24-footer as opposed to a 28-step-back. And he gets a great shot. And Bones 
should be very happy with what Faku is doing for him. Marcus too, by the way. Faku finishes with eight points, eight assists, one steal, one block, zero turnovers. That's a big deal for Faku when he's handling the ball as much as he is, when he's creating for others as much as he is. Sometimes he has the propensity to be a little bit mistake prone. Tonight he was not. Tonight he delivered. He was very, very good. So he deserves a lot of credit for that. I'm going to try and give it to him. Now, Denver did trade that guard firepower for defense and rebounding. It was very, very clear that those guys were struggling. But the problem that the Spurs were running into was the Nuggets were trading. They were trading threes for twos. They were generating 23s. They hit 23s tonight. The Spurs went 10 of 27, which is 37%, which is good, but it wasn't quite what Denver was doing. Denver shot 50, 46, 93 from the three free throw, or from the field, three point, and free throw land tonight. Really, really good stuff. The Spurs shot 46, 37, 69. Nice. Uh, their bench was really good. Like Kato Bates Diop, Trey Jones, Bryn Forbes, plus 14, plus 19, plus 12, respectively. And like I said, they rebounded like crazy. Thaddeus Young had four offensive rebounds in 19 minutes. Katie Bates Diop had two in 16. Trey Jones, a point guard, had three in 23 minutes. He's really good. I, I really like Trey Jones. Um, but Denver did enough work in the flashy areas. And Faku did enough work. He was contesting so many things too. Did a lot of great work on the defensive end. Covering for the bigs. Covering for Bones and Marcus when they're rotating off of their guys. Faku is everywhere. He deserves a lot, a lot of credit for this game tonight. Now, Jamichael Green only played seven minutes tonight. His first stint was really bad, uh, to be clear. About five, six minutes. Got a technical foul right at the end of it. Uh, three fouls in that first stint was just not very good. Uh, Denver was able to kind of rise above of it because Bones and Marcus were shooting really well. But they kind of masqueraded a really bad stint from Jamichael Green where missed a layup, missed a wide open three. But he did come back in in the fourth quarter uh, after Jokic exited in the at the end of the third. Jamichael Green came back in the fourth quarter, had a really, really fantastic defensive possession, contesting everything. Two blocks on the same possession, got a rebound as well, rotating everywhere, doing everything on the defensive interior. Just, just fantastic. And then when he goes up against the rebound, he comes down and rolls his ankle. Like, it, it's, it is as freaking unbelievable to see that as it is to say it, where one good thing happens to him. Like, he's had a couple good games over these past two. But it, it it was it they're they're good they're fine games it wasn't it wasn't great really struggled to start this game has a really strong moment and then immediately hurts himself afterward it's just I don't know what Denver did to deserve this like it feels like they are being punished and then on top of it Zeke Naji moves over to center three four minutes later he goes up for a layup at the rim. Drew Eubanks blocks his, his dunk or layup attempt half to hell. And Zeke comes down because somebody else got underneath them. 
Zeke comes down and, and has whiplash on on his neck. Just I don't think his head actually hit the floor, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went right to concussion protocol with him because he just looked very dazed and confused and he came out of the game too. So Denver has two bigs, their main backup bigs now, Jermichael Green, Zeke Naji, where they both went out in this game. And during that process, Vlako Chanchar comes in, Devon Reed comes in playing the four, and they, Denver gave up a million points. It's nobody's fault. Injuries like that happen, and, and they kind of rattled Denver from what they were supposed to be doing. The Spurs absolutely capitalized on it, got some garbage time points. And then Jokic has to come back in, and the starters have to come back in because, uh, I don't know, because like... The Spurs cut the lead down to 18 points, I think, with six minutes to go. And then Denver kind of gets it back up higher. And then, I don't know, it's just, Peter Cornelly comes back and he's a minus six in two minutes, which means that the Spurs cut it to uh, to 15 as opposed to the 21 where it was when Jokic exited. You can't make this shit up, but like, Denver's really struggling on the margins at at pretty much every point this season. Jokic having to come back into a game like this where he was a plus, like at that point, I think he was a plus 29, plus 30, something like that in 30 minutes. Denver should not be blowing leads like that to the point where, oh yeah, he has to come back in because, oh my God, there's panic everywhere. But he did. Came back in, played a few minutes. Denver was fine. Wasn't a big deal. But it is too bad. Uh, But Denver gets this win. They figure it out. I don't know what's going to happen with Jermichael Green and Zeke Naji. Hope that ankle sprain for Jermichael isn't that bad. Hope Zeke stays out of concussion protocol and he's okay and he just needed to take a breath. Uh, That would be great too. But at this point, you may be seeing Peter Cornelie in the rotation. Vlako Chanchar in the rotation. I have no idea what's going on, but I do think that Denver needs somebody else from that deep bench to step in. Peter Cornelly hasn't really had that many opportunities. As a rolling big man, somebody who can set screens and maybe just roll to the rim and do some fundamental things, it's probably time to give him an opportunity at some point because Denver desperately needs somebody who can roll to the rim and create opportunities for their guards on the outside. But we're going to have to see something in all likelihood because I can't imagine that those guys are going to be fully healthy. Jermichael Green, Zeke Nashi. Hopefully they are. That would be great. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, getting through it. As I said yesterday, surviving and advancing. We will be right back. All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Helps to grow the program, helps pay my bills, would be very, very helpful, of course. Thank you so much. I spoke the last time we talked about surviving and advancing. 
surviving, then advancing in reality. Where Denver's had a tough time here. They've had a really, really rough schedule. Being on this road trip has been hell, has been really, really tough because even before that, Denver had been struggling without Jokic. They had been struggling missing Porter at that point and Murray and BJ Dozier goes down. It's just the hits just kept on coming. And then Denver had to get on this road trip and thank the Lord that that Nikola Jokic came back for that Miami game because that helped really set the tone that Denver could be a good team, that they have that capacity even without their best punch, that they are still a good program. It doesn't have to be pretty. I think that's the really that's the really important thing here. It doesn't have to be pretty, it doesn't have to be consistent. However it happens, it happens. However you get a win, you be thankful for it and you take it in this grind of an NBA season at this point. Denver's had a really, really tough schedule. It isn't just because of the record, though they've had a like the fifth most difficult record in the NBA so far this year, schedule-wise. It's been the travel. It's been the absences. It's been the timing of everything. They haven't been able to really batten down the hatches in a lot of cases because they, like, they don't even have a hatch. They don't even have that kind of protection. They've had to scratch and claw and do everything that they can to rem- keep their heads above water, to stay from drowning. But you can do it. And I think they've really shown that over the course of these past few days, that when you get them into a good situation where Jokic isn't being wine and dined by Nikola Vucevic, or they're not coming off of a second night of a back-to-back where it's clear that they just don't have the energy to be able to compete with a team that does. Uh, When you get into those situations, then you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay because you have Jokic, because you can count on him on a consistent basis, because you can count on Monte Morris. Like, frankly, I don't know if people have been really appreciating this fully, but I am going to break down the last seven games for Monte Morris because he has been fantastic. 14.9 points on 52.5% from the field. He's shooting 40.5% from three, 83% from the line, 4.4 assists, 1.1 turnover. He has been delivering at the rate of Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Guys like that. Just been excellent. Aaron Gordon, not to be outdone, in his last seven, which is just this road trip, 15.9 points, shooting 34.8% from three, 54.7% from the field. That's incredible. That is so far above his career high. That is incredible efficiency from him. Also giving 4.6 assists, or 4.4 Excuse me, 4.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.4 turnovers. It's a pretty good ratio. And then Jokic, of course, on this road trip, 26.7 points, 56% from the field, down to 30.6% from three, but that's okay because he's also dishing out 13.4 rebounds, 9.0 assists, 3.7 turnovers, 1.1 steals. 
This dude is an alien. And when you have that guy, you can make it work. You have to figure out a way to survive on the other minutes, just not be completely torched. But most of the time, Jokic, like in these last seven games, is averaging a plus 10, plus 9.9 on the plus minus. Just by being out on the floor, he's giving his team 10 points. Even with all the injuries, even going on the road, even the second night of back-to-back, whatever. Just by being out there, he's been okay. It's tough when you're on the other end of the spectrum. But Denver can get through it. 4-3 and three record on this trip is a big deal. It's so much bigger than 3-4. and four. Because you get that psychological value. Where they, even though we've been going through it, even though we're on our toughest part of the schedule, still went 4-3. and three. No Murray, no MPJ, no PJ. Jamichael's been going through it. Bench has been turned upside down. Still 4-3. and three. Shows a lot of character. Shows a lot of belief. That they can stay the course. And still be okay. Not develop a single losing streak. They didn't have a single winning streak, to be clear. But they didn't have a single losing streak. And that is what sets this group apart. From a mentality standpoint. From a... A coaching standpoint, a lot of this is on Michael Malone, where he continues to put forth a good mentality for this group to hold them to a high standard. It's not going to be okay to go on losing streaks. I think that six-game losing streak really, really crushed him. Really hurt. I think it crushed a lot of the Nuggets, to be frank. But him specifically, he hates to lose. He was always going to put forth changes, put forth alterations so that this group would win. Throws out Marcus Howard tonight in a situation where last game, Denver with uh, with Devon Reed, Zeke Naji, Jamichael Green in the backcourt, they didn't have enough firepower against the Spurs bench. They needed more. They needed guys who could really deliver. And suddenly when you put in Marcus Howard, when you have him and Bones, out there doing their thing. You've got yourself an actual bench scoring tandem. They combined for 37 in this game. That's incredible. I'm not sure Denver's had a 37-point tandem all season off the bench. That's incredible. And it helped give Denver starters the boost that they needed. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Just matters that it happens. Just matters that you can get somebody to deliver on a consistent basis. Because if you do, and you get that just enough times throughout the regular season to survive, then at some point you're going to start advancing. At some point you're going to rise above the standings. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. And you're going to look down and realize, oh yeah, Denver's the fifth seed. By the time Jamal Murray's ready to come back. And then when he comes back, anything's possible. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. A long road trip finally comes to an end. Thank you so much, everybody, for the support. Don't know if I'm going to podcast 
tomorrow, but we'll definitely podcast after the game on Monday night. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.